Welcome to Grace 360, a vibrant discussion on issues of diversity that we hope is engaging, biblical, and slightly entertaining. The goal of these podcasts is to create a healthy, honest, and helpful discussion for Christian educators, parents, and students from a biblical perspective on current cultural issues relating to diversity. Diversity, for our purposes, is related to the acrostic grace, gender, race, age, ability, culture, and economic status. While we don't have all the answers, we hope our discussion is thought-provoking and helpful. Welcome to Grace 360. Well, hi all, I'm excited to be back with you. This is Jenny Brady and um, Dan Panetti is with us. Hi, Dan. Hey, Jenny. (laughs) So we're recording in May. It is May in schools. How are you surviving, Dan? You know what? It's a great time of year because the kids are so focused on finals and they're stressed out um, that my job is actually easier. Um, It's uh, it's it's great. I'm, I'm actually preparing and planning for next year. Um, so I'm super excited about next year and uh, and looking forward to all the great things that God's going to do uh, in, uh, in the activities that I get to be a part of. So uh, great time of year for me. I know a lot of the students and other teachers, in fact, our guest, uh, Miguel, is a teacher. So I, I'm sure they're a little bit more stressed than I am, but I'm, I'm in a great spot right now. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. But we can't forget that we just finished our own class. Like we, we wrapped up a class the first time we've taught a class together. Yes. And it was um, interesting. Um, But I think uh, you and I would both agree that uh, it was a great process uh, for us and for the students. We did um, a class that we called the sociological and legal perspectives on diversity um, only because we couldn't find a longer title for the, for the class. (laughs) Um, But it was, it was great. We, uh, we wrestled with uh, diversity issues from our perspective, right? We used grace, uh, you know, gender, race, age, ability, culture, and economic status. We looked at it from you looking at the sociological, me looking at the legal perspectives. uh, And we, uh, we, I think we had a great class and the students really learned a lot through the process. I agree. It was it was a lot of fun for me to learn alongside you for us to debate and have these conversations with students. And I was at a grad party and one of our kids came up to me and gave me the biggest hug and said, thank you so much for that class. So it was a lot of fun. Um, I really enjoyed it. But um, today I'm so excited to bring in an amazing educator. Um, Miguel Cifuentes is a teacher and a high school teacher. And um, I had the privilege of hunting him down at a job fair. I think that's literally what I did as I hunted him down. So if you are in education and specifically in Christian education, an area that we're always wrestling with is that of hiring and retaining faculty and staff of color. So to give you a little bit of the statistics with that, according to an Education Week article from June 2020 titled Recruiting and Retaining Teachers of Color, Why It Matters, Ways to Do It, um, in 2015-2016 school year, over 80% of teachers were white and less than 7% were black. Meanwhile, the white student population has steadily declined since 2000 from 61% to 44% in 2017, while the Hispanic student population rose by 50% since 1997 and the Asian student population by 46%. Black students compromise about 15% of all K through 12 students. Um, So to give you some of that breakdown, um, black teachers represent 7% in 2015, 2016 school year, black teachers were 7% of the entire education workforce. Hispanic teachers were 9%. Asian were 2%. 
white were um, 80% male. This is interesting. Male teachers, 23%, female teachers, 77%. So you'll see that it within the larger education system, we have an issue. And then as you keep going down into these narrower components and looking at specifically Christian school, we have another issue going on. So we are trying to hire amazing faculty and staff of color so that they impact not only our students of color, but also our majority students. And so um, as I have wrestled with this idea of I've been trying to think outside the box, I have been attending some job fairs at some minority serving universities and colleges. And so I was at one and this young man was walking by me and I saw on his tag that he was certified, I think, high school. Right. And you are bilingual. And um, so I think I, I literally like followed you around until I could talk to you, Miguel. <laughs> and then I said, oh, my goodness, are you a Christian? And so um, he, amazing teacher. Sure, Miguel, I'll let you introduce yourself. Like, you know, what is your background in and um, why, why did you come into education? Yeah, so uh, thank you, first of all, for having me, uh, Dan and Jenny. I really appreciate it. Um, yes, yeah, so my name is uh, Miguel Cifuentes. Um, I am a first-time educator, I guess, whenever you hunted me down. Like, that was, you know, me, like, my, my final year of, of school, pretty much getting ready to graduate and everything. Um, before then I was, I was working in a warehouse. I was at UPS for like 10 years or so, um, and going to school, finishing up. Um, so yeah, um, I guess just for me, I, I came into education because of the environment that I grew up in, the area that I grew up in. So I I am from like, uh, from the, from the ghetto, I guess, if, if, if you will, from, from the hood. Right. Um, and just growing up, like there weren't very many people that were, I guess, like reaching out to to the youth, you know, when I was going to high school and everything like that. Like I was I was going down a specific path that I know I shouldn't have gone down now that I'm older. And I guess that's why I really went into education, because I wanted to be able to reach out to those young men and women. Right. Uh, from similar areas that I grew up in and, uh, you know, just present them a different path, I guess, in life, like uh, a different opportunity, hopefully, you know, just kind of like maybe serve them in a way that, that I wish I would have been served in when I was going to high school and stuff like that. So that was like really the main reason why I went into education. It took me a little bit longer to get there because of, ah, well, that's another story. I'm not going to get into that, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I did it though. So thank God for that. Yeah, so Miguel, Miguel. One of the questions that people are going to have as they as they hear why you went into education, which is which is fantastic, right? But it's it's to serve, you know, kind of in a sense, you know, the the least of these, right? Those who are in difficult areas, those who are in the ghetto, uh, finding themselves in a, a situation like you were, which is fantastic, right? Because education is such an incredible, right? Um, you know, opportunity, right, to better a person and, and to put them in a different situation. Um, but you find yourself in a situation right now, right, where you're in a um, a private Christian school, right, where you're not serving ghetto kids. Um, so how did how did that transition? Can we happen? not like call him that. Can we like call him, like serious? Kids in the ghetto. Right? We, we know what we're talking about, right? But who have you're, less you're opportunities? Serving, yes, right? you're serving kids who are who are coming from right very yeah. privileged backgrounds. Right. But as, as Jenny and I talk about, right, I mean, it's such an incredible opportunity for you, right, to connect with a group of kids 
right, that are different than your particular background. So what do, what do you think about that in the environment that you find yourself in? So as, as Jenny said, um, at the job fair, like I, I never even thought about working like at a Christian school. It just like it, it never crossed my mind. I never gave it any thought, not because I was like, oh, I'm, you know, it's just like literally I, I never even thought about it. Um, but I guess since since I was going like when I was going to school, my heart was always like in the area that I grew up in and, and trying to reach out to to young people in that area. So as I uh, was going around and, and looking for 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 people to give my resume to, um, I was specifically targeting schools that were in areas that I grew up in, kind of similar to, to where I grew up in. So I was specifically targeting those schools for that specific reason. And all of a sudden, like I, I see that there was like a, uh, an area or like a school, a, a Christian school. And I'm like, huh, that's when it just dawned on me. Like the first time ever that it just crossed my mind, like, huh, I never thought about working at a Christian school. Maybe I should check that one out. And I went and I was, uh, I was talking to Jenny for like maybe, 30 seconds, I think. And then she told me, oh, well, we're looking for such and such teacher. And I'm like, uh, yeah, no, nah, I'm good. Never mind. And I just kind of like was continuing on my way. And then she stopped me and, it, you know, but I don't regret it. You know, like, yeah, I'm not in an area that, that I wanted to be in, but I still live in that area, you know? So I feel like I'm getting the best of both worlds because mm. I'm working in a school like this while still living in an area like that. And it just gives me a whole new perspective on, on, you know, on life, like literally just like learning about things that I didn't know now that I'm in a school like this, while still having the uh, experiences and, and, and the background and, and still being in the area that I grew up in and just kind of like being in that area and, and in a sense, like being a, a, a beacon of light, you know? So that's, that's, that's what it's been like for me, I guess, so far. So I guess I kind of want to go back to that very beginning of that, you know, what, what, what surprised you the most about the application process, the onboarding process coming into a Christian school, kind of give us some of those ideas of what the hurdles were that you did not expect when you were coming in. I, um, you know, as, as people seek to attract a diverse faculty and staff, like how can we better assist faculty and staff who are new to Christian schools, who are coming into a whole new environment? What things would you recommend for us? us um well the application process was long <laughs> it was a really long application <laughs> yeah. um but it, it did ask some very good questions and and it just kind of like made me really think about my faith and, and what I believed in because they're questions like that I guess we we tend not to ask like on a regular um so that was one thing that I I mean despite it being a long application it, it was very insightful I guess um, cause it kind of got me to really learn a little bit more like about why I believe what I believe in and stuff like that. But, um, the experience itself, it, it's been, um, not necessarily rough, but it, it, it's been, I mean, it, it took like a learning curve, I guess, mm -hmm. but I love it. You know, despite, despite the, the challenges that I face and everything like that, like 
I do love working for uh, a Christian school, being at a Christian school, because again, it just, it gives me the opportunity to, to share my faith freely and without having to worry about, you know, me getting in trouble or whatever like that, like uh, as, as opposed to working at a public school or something like that. But, right, okay, um, so let's, let's go back to the word rough, because I know that you have shared um, that your initial um, time coming into a Christian school, um, it was lonely, right? I think that's yes. one of the words that you, you shared is it was lonely. You kind of thought it was going to be uh, the community would be more uh, together. I think you found yourself, you know, kind of eating alone even, you know, and just didn't mm-hmm. find great connection. Tell us about that and, and how you kind of work through those things. But always yeah, so. keep in mind that Dan kind of wants to be a therapist. So <laughs> it's not necessarily therapy on a podcast. But... So I, I got to lay down for this. one. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I guess, yeah, that's, that's what I mean, I guess, by rough, like my my first year, like it was a little bit of a of a lonely year for me. Um, and as Dan said, I, I was the the loner in the cafeteria at times by myself. Um, but I think that was mainly because there was a cultural difference. Like me coming into the school, I was thinking like, oh, well, everybody's Christian. So it's going to be like, you know, brothers and sisters in Christ, and we're going to be hanging out and talking and, and talking Jesus and fellowshipping and all that. And I'm not saying that's not what it was. It was just, it wasn't as much as I expected. And I guess for me, like, as I, as I kind of worked through that, and as I thought about it myself, and just kind of like prayed about it, it just, it, it just made me think like, well, you know what, like, it's just, there's certain things that I can't relate to and vice versa. There are certain things that they can't relate to with me. And that's where I found that the the challenge was because there's no like similarities. Well, there are some, but there aren't a lot of similarities because of my upbringing versus the area that I'm working in and with some of the, some of the colleagues and stuff like that. Like it's, there's, there's a, a, a big cultural difference. So they may not know what to talk to me about, as I may not know what to talk to them about, because I would hear some of the conversations going on and there are things that I know nothing about because I've like in the area that I grew up in, that's not, that's not the stuff that we typically talk about. So that's like, I guess one of the reasons why I kind of just found myself to be alone maybe because again, they, they probably had difficulty finding a way to connect with me as I myself had difficulty connecting with them as well. But I think one thing I would have appreciated because um, when I came in, like just, just the way that I was raised, like my mom always like raised us to, to be polite and anywhere we go, like always say hi. So I feel like for me that, that, that would have made a huge difference. Like, okay, cool. You may not know how to talk to me about certain things or, or what to talk to me about, but at least like make a little bit of an effort to, to acknowledge my presence. So I think that that would have been one thing that would have made it a little bit better. And I would have been very appreciative of that because there were a few times where it's like, I just like, I was like a ghost just walking through the area and stuff like that. And it, it could have been the busyness of, of, of what's going on because now I'm, I'm seeing myself like it is, it is a busy place to be. And, you know, being an educator, it's, it's very busy and, and you do tend to get lost in your own world. 
But, you know, we can I think we can always try to make an effort to to make someone, especially someone new. Right. Um, to make them feel welcome and, and to make them feel I, th I think I heard it at one of our trainings uh, to make it seem as if we prepared for their arrival. And that's not what I felt like 100 percent. Yeah, that's super important. Right. Just that intentional aspect. And Jenny, you know, who's been doing this training on diversity for you know, close to 20 years, I mean, just continues to um, challenge, right, every environment, right, with what you said, right, to, to make it seem like we prepared for your arrival, right, like we're anticipating you, we're, we're um, excited that you're here. And, and sometimes it is just sometimes that little, you know, hi, how you doing, um, learning to get to know the other person, asking some questions, you know, we may not have um, a lot of the same similarities from a cultural background, um, but me at least acknowledging, right, who you are and, and valuing who you are and asking you some questions about that, I think is a really important step for, for Christian schools to do. And I think, you know, um, you struggling with that at the beginning is, is kind of a, you know, a challenge to remind us of saying, hey, you know, the next Miguel who comes in or the next student who comes in from a different cultural background, right, you've got to make sure that they, they are seen uh, and they feel wanted. And that's a really important comment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so we talked about your acclimation to the faculty and staff. How was your acclimation to the student body? You talked about how they are very different from where you grew up. How did you, how were you able to connect easily and well? How did that look? I, from my perspective, you were able to connect really easily and really well because the students would come in and say, we love Mr. Cifuentes. He's amazing. <laughs> but how did you bridge that gap? Just understanding that you're not from the same background as a lot of these students. Yeah, so uh, coming in, I, I did think it was going to be a challenge because, you know, they're, I mean, I don't know, like they're, they're rich kids, like most of them, not all of them, but, you know, the, the majority of them are. So I'm like, oh, I'm not going to know what to talk to them about. Like, I don't know if they're going to like, you know, be able to relate with me or if I'm going to be able to relate with them. But I quickly learned like, man, it doesn't matter if you're rich or you're poor, if you're black, white, Mexican, brown, it doesn't matter. Like kids are kids, you know, and you can talk to them about kid stuff and they're going to connect with you right away. Like we were just talking about video games and movies and, you know, like uh, sports and stuff like that. And well, the little bit of sports that I do know, I'm not, you know, huge. I mean, I'm a Cowboys fan, but you know, <laughs> that's about it. Uh, but yeah, you know, just, just talking to them, like, about stuff like that it, it's it's really like all I guess I, I really needed to do to to be able to to relate to them or, or, or to to find something for me to to connect with them on you know and um, one thing that I did learn also you know despite being from different areas like students that come to school or that go to school to a Christian school, like they, they have the same problems as students from an inner city area. Like it, the, the problems are not different at all. So that's one thing that, you know, working where I'm at, like it, it kind of dawned on me. And, and, and as I started like getting the note to like some of the students that, that how, had the, the confidence, I guess, to, to talk to me about certain things that were going on at home and stuff like that. It just kind of like, made me think like, you know what, man, like we're all similar in, in, in very, very different ways. Like, even though we're different, we're still very similar. And, and even though 
we're from different cultures or different backgrounds, have different upbringings or whatever, like we still go through the same things. Like, cause problems are problems. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I know that with the majority of kids of the, you know, majority population that they love you and adore you, but there's also um, some of our Hispanic students have found a home in your classroom. Can you kind of walk through that and um, that process of reaching out? Like, I don't know, the maybe it's part of like, you're here for the Hispanic students, obviously they find, they feel like they're at home with you, but then also the burden that you might carry in regards to um, creating that place for those students. Yeah, so um, the Hispanic students that I've had, like, I, I just, I guess because I'm Hispanic, like, that's like an automatic, like, oh, we're going to hit it off, like, easily, right? And then some of the, some of the cultural, like, references that, that we have, like, I'm a little sad that I can't use a lot of them because they're pretty funny, like the chancla and stuff like that, or like, if someone gets hurt, like, echale vaporu, you know what I'm saying? Like, Dan, some of the you kids know what he's saying? Know. He, he I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, like, the chancla, it's like a, it's, it's a mother, a Latina woman's secret weapon. It's, it's the sandal, you know? You, you get in trouble, you get hit with that, you know? And, and, and the Vicks vapor rub, that's like, it'll heal Take, anything, you yeah, know? Yeah, it takes care of everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like, you know, those little cultural references or like jokes or whatever, you know, like a lot of the students here won't, won't really get that. But my, my Latino students, like right away, like they, they know it, you know? So that's, that's one of the things that I, I feel like brings us together, you know? But I do love that my white students, um, they they love learning about that and then when they do see it or i show them a video of, of a of a mom who throws like her sandal from like 100 yards and it lands like on the top of a, her daughter's head like they just they're like oh yeah oh that's the chunk like you're talking about so like i love that they're willing to you know to learn about it and 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 they enjoy it so you know i, I guess when i'm when i take those little moments to kind of like show them some of our cultural like uh differences and like discipline I guess or like you know just little jokes and stuff like that I think that's what my my Hispanic students I guess like appreciate because I'm 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 exposing I guess like our our culture in a sense so maybe that's what it is that that, that draws them in here a little bit more um, but I just you know I just feel like because I know what it what it's like to kind of feel like you're alone because you don't have very many people within, you know, your ethnic background that you can talk to or connect with. Like, I want them to feel like, Hey, you know what? I can at least come here and feel safe. And the same thing with, with my other students who aren't Hispanic, you know, like the same thing. Oh, you know what? Mr. Cifuentes' room is, it's a place we can all just come together and just, chop it up, chit chat or, or whatever, you know, about anything. So, yeah. yeah. I, I love that you love, right. The Hispanic culture um, that you bring that element right with you. Right. I mean, from not only, you know, cultural references, food references, all that stuff. Right. So it's just, it's fun to be around you. Right. Because I feel like I, I learn um, so much from you. Right. And just watching your experience and that, you know, when you came here, instead of kind of saying, okay, how do I, how do I assimilate and fit into the culture that's there? Right. I mean, you, you didn't leave your culture and, and set it aside. You brought it with you and it's made our culture better to have you as a part of it. 
Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, I do bring my uh, my guaraches and my guayabera shirts from time to time. So yeah, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I didn't realize that. But yeah, thank you for that. <laughs> well, as Dan mentioned, we've been doing training for years and years and years. And so, if you were to give some advice to a school on what training would look like for um, understanding diversity in all of its areas, whether it's ethnic and cultural or whether it's just a new teacher coming in who does not understand Christian schools. Can you give us like an idea of what you felt was the most beneficial format of that training, whether it was small group conversations, whether it was a training on a particular topic, what does that look like for you? Um, I guess for me, like uh, trainings, like in, in small groups, uh, really, really helped. Uh, cause we, we did have like, you know, the, the small group settings, uh, the, the trainings and stuff like that. And, and I, I feel like in, in those types of settings, uh, we're more vocal. We tend to be more vocal as opposed to like being in a large crowd. Yep. Um, so I, I would say like the small group settings would, would definitely help out cause you can really kind of find out what's going on and, and what, what certain, uh, people really think or, or, or what they really feel. And, uh, cause I, I remember one training we had, like we, that's, it, that's kind of like what we did, you know? So we had our small group, uh, trainings, but then at the end of the day, we had like our divisional trainings and I feel like that training, it just, it got so real. And, and, and I feel like God was really moving and it, it really opened a lot of, uh, a lot of people's eyes, like, as well as myself, because, just because I'm coming in and, and I'm like the odd man out in a sense, doesn't mean I don't have a part to play as well. And doesn't mean that I can't do something about it as well. So that's one of the things that I was also trying to like, you know, take into consideration, like it, cause it's, it's not just a one way street. Like I can't expect for everybody to, to come and, and cater to me. Like I, I got to put myself out there and I got to put my, 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 uh, my feelings and stuff like that aside as well and get myself out of the bubble as well and, and, and do my part to, to make connections, to, to get to know people and stuff like that. But I think definitely the, the small group settings and then moving on to like the larger crowd so that that way those small group setting conversations can be discussed in the larger crowd. And maybe, maybe the trainings or, or, or the sessions will hopefully like if, if they get real, I think, that's a good thing because that's, that's how you grow. That's how you learn. But yeah. I love it. Well, I guess just to wrap up, Miguel, we love you. I will always consider you a friend and a brother. I'm so grateful for the impact you've had on the community. Um, but as we wrap up, I guess I just had one other question for you. There's always this idea that um, those, I'm sorry, the bell's ringing in the school that I'm at. <laughs> um, there's always this idea that those that um, are from specific communities are always almost pulled back to those communities. As you said, when you were starting off in education, that you wanted to give back to your community. So is that pull still there? And how do you battle that? Like, how can we help better understand the battle that you go through in regards to giving back to the community you grew up in, but also being present in the community that you're in? What is, how do you battle that as you sign the contract every year to come back, which I'm so grateful for? Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that is a tough one. Uh, it's just, I guess, because, I have like so much history there. Um, 
and I, you know, I, I guess just having such a strong tie. Cause I mean, every, everything for me at least is still there. Like my mom lives in that area. My mother-in-law lives close to that area as well. Like my life literally exists over there. If I'm not at my mom's, I'm at my mother-in-law's. If I'm not at my mother-in-law's, I'm at my mom's. So, you know, my, my, my brothers and sisters and stuff like that, they're, they're really close to the area as well. And, you know, friends that, that I grew up with and stuff like that. So for me, that, that's what makes it difficult, I guess, because like life literally, you know, is, is there, but being at the, at the school that I'm at, you know, with, with like-minded believers, you know, it, it just, it makes, it makes it worth it. Like as, as much as I'm like, oh man, like, cause my commute, my drive, it's, it, it's a long drive, but it's well worth it just because I, I love being where I'm at. Like, you know, I do, I, I, I did have challenges coming in and I do have challenges even now, but I just feel like, you know, God is, is working. Cause it's not, it's not going to change like from one day to the next, like, you know, even though God can do it, but obviously it's a process and we all have to go through the process. And then you have new teachers coming in. So therefore like, you know, it's, it, it's like the process is starting all over in a sense, but I guess just the, the family ties and, and, and the, the, the friendships that I have back home, like that's what keeps me there. But the environment that I'm in while I'm over here, you know, and, and, and just the love like that, that, that we all have for one another, you know, in, in Christ, like, and like people like you, like Dan, like y'all, y'all make it difficult to not leave this place. You know what I'm saying? So that's, that's why, like, I'm still here. And, and, you know, like I haven't given any thought to like, oh, you know what, maybe this will be my last year or whatever, whatever, you know, like, it's just, I'm not even thinking anything like that because I, I just love being here and, and, and being with the students, really the, the students, man, like they just, they make it, <laughs> they make it real hard also because I, oh man, I, I've made such wonderful connections with some of them. Well, with a lot of them, um, and it, it just makes it difficult. So it's like, you know, literally being between a rock and a hard place because I, I love where I'm from, but I love where I'm at. But I guess that's why like living still in the area that I grew up in while working where I'm at, like I, I feel genuinely like I have the best of both worlds. And that's what's making it, you know, like work for me. Like that's, that's my balance because I'm like, at least still living there and I can still minister, not necessarily working as a teacher, but I don't have to be a teacher to minister to the community. So yeah, that, that's what makes it work for me. I love it. Dan, yeah, do you have anything else? That's awesome. I was going to say just, it's, it's so neat to see your passion um, for the Lord's calling on your life, right? Mm -hmm. That you um, are connected to your community, right? To your family, um, you know, that you haven't, you haven't left, right, the community in which you grew up and you want to make that better. Um, but then you also see an incredible opportunity for God to use you in a different place, in a different way. Uh, and it's just so neat to see you um, just, you know, dive in here um, and, and kind of, you know, 
instead of, you know, shrinking into the shadows and kind of like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm different than everybody else here, kind of bringing those differences um, and, and allowing everybody to experience that has, has made our community better as well. And so, as you said, right, it's almost like you got the best of both worlds, like you're making two different communities, um, you know, better because of your involvement in them and, and just your passion for life and for, for kids and for teaching. Um, it's, uh, it's, you know, you've made such an impact um, here, and I know you're still making an impact uh, in, in, you know, in your home through your family as well. So that's, that's incredible. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Oh, well, yeah. I was just going to say like the, the way that I look at it is like, I take, I take what I've learned back home growing up there and I bring it here so that the students can learn that, you know, yep. life could be worse. So be thankful for what God has given you. And I take what I learned here and I take it back home to the youth back where I'm at. And, and I use that to tell them like, Hey, you know what? Life can get better. Like life can be a lot better. Cause look at me, like I was in your shoes, you know, like I was, I was right where you're at, but look at where God brought me, you know? So that's, that's, you know, that's another reason why, cause it's just, you know, I, I feel like I was, I was just thinking about it the other day. I actually like, you, you know, just where, where I started, you know, and, and where I'm at now, because I, I come from very humble beginnings. Like my mom and dad, like they didn't, they couldn't even go to school. You know, and my mom doesn't even know how to like write her own name. She doesn't know how to read or anything like that. And I, and I think about all of that and I'm just like, man, God is, God is real. Like he, he's faithful and, and he's, he's real, you know? Yeah, yeah. Thank you for helping bridge um, the communities, helping us see more of God and who he is and your life and your ministry and what you do. Um, I'm grateful that you allowed me to continue harassing you at the job <laughs> fair and then calling you constantly after the job fair to say, hey, are you going to apply? Right. So, uh, thank yeah, it took a while. And I, I, was, <laughs> I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I want to do that. But yeah, I'm glad I did. Jen, Jenny is persistent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that is an attribute I have. Have. If I want something, I'm going to be persistent. That's right. Persistent. <laughs> annoyingly persistent. Yes. Annoyingly. That's a good one too. <laughs> um, so thank you, Miguel, for everything and all that you do and the impact that you have on students, my students included in that. And I'm just grateful to have you. We missed Marcus and Cindy today, um, but know that they're busy with what they're doing. So Miguel, thank you for helping to educate all of us in this. So um, we hope those listening in will tune back um, next time for the next podcast. Thank y'all. Thank y'all for having me thank you for listening to grace 360 as always the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are for educational purposes and are not intended to be divisive or inflammatory in nature we hope you listened and learned as much as we have in the process of producing the show and pray you'll join us for our next episode you can find us on social media we would love to have you as part of our discussion with your thoughts and questions once again thank you for listening to grace 360